Hey, it's your insider, Cindy Thomas, welcoming you into another episode of the Insider's Career Club. Our podcast helps job seekers avoid making critical mistakes in their job search. We also help workers stay in the know with timely career news. As the in-house talent acquisition person, I qualified and interviewed candidates and worked with managers to fill positions. In my career of 25 plus years, I witnessed countless candidates make costly mistakes on their resumes and in interviews. But that does not have to be you. Understand what managers look for when hiring. Listen to the podcast regularly. You can learn a lot. There's also support for your job search on our website, and we've got career services to help you land that great position. Today's special guest is Merrick Brezola. A couple of years ago, he joined Encarta Therapeutics as a manager in quality assurance. Prior to joining this team, he worked for years in the CGMP space at well-known companies like Gilead Sciences, Genentech, and Bayer, as well as with other startups like Tethys. He's also worked on multiple new drug applications, including all the new drug applications supporting the Solvaldi drug franchise. His background spans widely used technologies such as small molecule, biologics, and custom cell-based therapies. Merrick has extensive experience in the areas of quality assurance and quality control, as well as in auditing and data integrity. He holds a BA in biology from San Francisco State University. Let's welcome him to the Insiders Career Club. Well, welcome. Welcome, Merrick, to the Insiders Career Club. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I'm really pleased. I'm, I'm glad we get to talk today. So let's start with uh, you telling us a little bit about where you grew up. Are you from the San Francisco Bay Area originally? Yes, originally born in East Europe, in Czechoslovakia, and then moved over here in 1991 and stayed local. Did a small stay, uh, did a little bit of time in Southern California, but mostly Bay Area. Oh, nice. Well, that was quite a trek for your family, you know, coming from Europe here, from Czechoslovakia. That's no easy transition. No, but it was well worth it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it was. It's a good place to grow up. Tell us a little bit about what you like to do in your spare time when you're not working. So spare time, I try to be outdoors as much as possible, like camping, hiking, skiing, kayaking, paddleboarding. If I'm Staying local, I usually I, do, I brew some beer. I make sausages, jerky. Wow, you've got a lot of different hobbies. That's great. Did you get any skiing in this season? I got four or five trips up. Not too much. There wasn't all that much snow, sadly. Uh, we had it in kind of dumps here, and then you know, if you didn't get up right away, it, it didn't last. So, okay, why did you choose to go in the pharmaceutical industry? So that was actually the interesting part. Originally, I was pre med. I was going to do veterinary medicine. SF State at the time, I bumped into a gentleman in one of the club rooms, and he asked why I'd be interested in getting a part-time job at Genentech, make some money while in school. So I joined up at, with Genentech in, what, maybe 2006? At the same time, I was losing interest by the day in medical. I fell into the manufacturing, testing, and GMP environment, that role, and never looked back. 
Wow. Well, you know, you're the second person to tell me that you your original idea was to, you know, heading towards being a veterinarian and then taking a, a divergent path to something else. So tell us a little bit about what your current role is and how it fits into the overall company structure. Okay, so currently I'm the I'm a senior manager of Quality Shrink, but also the head of QA. And I pretty much oversee all the manufacturing, majority of the testing, method validation. I work with any and all investigations that come through do every site that we partner with, be it for testing, manufacturing, filling, labeling, and do biannual inspections of the facilities, which are a little bit are more virtual slash on hold right now because of COVID. But this year I'll be back on the road visiting our partner networks. So pretty much anything that touches the medication, I have direct oversight of. Can you break down for the listener the difference between QA and QC and then also share how quality assurance and how both of them fit into the importance of what the company is doing with regard to making a product? Okay, sure. Totally. So you, you usually have QC and QA usually under the same umbrella. Usually QC could fall into and pour up through QA. QA would be in charge of creating the manufacturing record, working closely with your formulations department and development to create the process of how to manufacture the medication. And then QA would be directly responsible for releasing that material after it's been created. QC helps QA do this by doing laboratory testing and analysis. So QA and formulations will set specifications to say, okay, if these specifications are met, the medication from a manufacturing standpoint is available for use. QC goes and tests against that specification and returns the results to QA, who then puts it into a certificate of analysis for that batch. Okay. And then that to do a disposition, disposition being okaying it for use in the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a different group. There's a different name for us over in the European Union. They're qualified, the qualified person. They're usually just with an extensive background who is further specially trained in doing what we do here. Okay. Can you share a little bit about why documentation is so important as part of the process of, of both? Yeah, so basically the FDA has the mantra of it's if it's not documented, it didn't happen. So you could have the perfect medication. You can, everything was fine. But if I don't have the documentation in the right or in populated correctly, mm-hmm. and there's questions about the documents or the records integrity. Has it, could it have been forged? Are there mistakes that were tried to, or that could be critical, but were hidden? The FDA, mm-hmm. if they no- notice that, will instantly shut down, could shut down your company. Wouldn't it be too that the documentation is also there so that the process can be replicated? Correct. So for manufacturing, you'll have the master batch record for that one product, and that is reissued every time. So you have the exact same steps at the exact same company that's been performing them back to back to back in the same way. So mm-hmm. the way you can call that process validation, where okay. the process from start to finish has been validated that we know if we do the following steps in the following order, we'll get the same product every time. Right, which is what you want if you're manufacturing the product that's going to be especially consumed by human beings. Yep. Uh, one of our key functions is the, was it safety and efficacy, making sure safety and efficacy for the patient. Mm-hmm. Last stop between the medication and the patient. So 
it's our job to assure that it's done uh, process. There's no potential for harm to the patient. Right. That is so important. I mean, everybody's role in a company is integral to the finished product in some way, shape, or form. But it's really interesting to me, and I hope it is to the listener as well, that hearing how each different department works and, you know, kind of dovetails and forms, you know, just comes together to make that product. How it all works together is fascinating. Yep, and then also QA, we're in charge of overseeing all the computerized systems. We'll also be reviewing records for the manufacturing equipment's maintenance. We're also working closely with regulatory for filing of medication with the FDA. So QA sort of has its hands on a lot of different moving parts. All the different departments or quite a few of the departments within a company. Correct, correct. We sort of have to assure that each department is operating under its set I guess you can say SOPs, procedures, that they're not uh, deviating from that. And then there's nothing in the whole scheme that has gone wrong or could potentially go wrong that affects, again, patient safety. Right. And I think it's really good for the listener to understand that because, you know, we just go in, we either get the prescription from the pharmacy or we go and buy something like aspirin off the uh, shelf. And you have no idea all the controls that were in place to produce that product. It's quite extensive. And they're all put in place to, as you say, protect the patient, whoever they mm-hmm. are. So it's really good for, for people to get an understanding, especially those that are not in this industry. All of those steps, they take time. They take expertise. They take materials. And I think, you know, and testing. And so when a drug is being developed and then put through, you know, its processes of QC, QA, it really is a long, drawn-out process that it's expensive. And you have to think about the whole time, if it's something that isn't approved yet, the company is spending money. Their burn rate of what they're spending to make these things happen so that they can get to the approval part and get the product, you know, it's a lot. The traditional way of like slow to develop a brand new molecule and do all the phase one, two, three testing Mm -hmm. and all that hundreds of millions to billion dollars. Right. Yeah. That's why drugs are expensive, especially the new ones coming out. They're more expensive because they're kind of paying for it all the time and expense and the materials that they put in to develop yeah. it, they're paying us on the other end. Yeah, also for each medication that you see, you don't see the hundreds and hundreds that have failed along the way. Right. And that's all invested capital that is just the cost of doing business to getting the right medication out to the patient. Exactly. And I think people have got a better sense of it now because of the COVID-19 vaccines. They've heard about the FDA, you know, and, and if we don't get this approval, they kind of get a sense of how important that is, but they still don't have a sense of how long it takes for something to be developed and put together so that you can use it as a drug. Because for yeah. COVID, they actually didn't start from scratch. You know, they had a basis from which to start. It didn't start from ground zero. Yeah. So for the COVID vaccines, the two first ones out the door, that technology has actually been tried and true and 
in development for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And and just yeah. to give the listeners an idea, it can take anywhere from like 10 plus years to get the theory down, mm-hmm. the discovery to even get to where they're going to start to develop something. Yep, exactly. All right. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you have in your role? Uh, the biggest challenges in, our role, in my role is just having, you're sort of on all the time. You have to be able to juggle multiple different projects that don't overlap at all at the same time. So for example, I'm rolling out a computer system for the company. So I'm working on computer systems validation, but at the same time overseeing all the manufacturer and checking in on all the testing as well as staging documents and getting things in order for what they call stage gate meeting. It's a meeting where everything gets solidified prior to our next phase of testing or of patient trials. Juggle all these balls, America, and please make them all come down at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone has things that they're particularly proud of about their career. Could you share what you feel is your biggest career accomplishment so far? I know there will be lots of others, but... Yeah, I think the largest one was working on the cure for hepatitis C from a quality assurance standpoint. I worked on all the filings for the hep C cure from Gilead. Mm-hmm. So I was involved in every step of the way from reviewing the actual testing records to help compiling certain portions of the filing. And it was nice because I sat down next to someone on an airplane and he's like, oh, I just got this new drug and my hep C is cured. I'm like, oh yeah, that's good to know because I worked on that directly. He's like, well, I didn't have to get a liver transplant and I'll live to a ripe old age. I'm like, good to hear. Yeah. How does it make you feel to know that you were part of such a big effort like that? Pretty good, actually. It's sort of what keeps me in the industry. Yeah. For this role, if you think about people that may want to get into it, what do you feel is needed from a, a talent or a skills or qualities perspective? Patience. Quality goes in different ways. It could be some people are very black and white. If you have your process down, everything that's either right or wrong. But when you're doing the developmental work prior to commercialization, for QA, you need to sort of be able to weigh risk. What if this went wrong? Is it a showstopper or do we just have to justify it through some sort of technical or chemical assessment and then monitor it downstream? So you have to be able to look and interpret things in different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, for you, does everyone in QA or QC come from a scientific background? Uh, no. So as I mentioned, QA has so many different facets. You have computer systems QA, which those could be mathematicians, software engineers, I have a background in biology, emphasizing in micro. You don't have to have a per se science background. It's more of, do you know the proper the process? Mm, okay. But yeah, I would think if you're trying to understand what the scientists did, it, it would help. So as far as career paths, I know that generally, you know, within this industry, there's a management track and an individual contributor track or even a scientific track. Can you share a little bit about we're somebody that was interested in QA or QC, what the, you know, what the different options are for them? Well, yeah. So as everything, they have different levels. So you could jump sometimes right in as an associate into QA or the QC labs. So if you're in QC, it's more, you're doing laboratory testing as a bench chemist, as you're in entry level, then you move up to more complex testing. Then you might oversee a team for QA. You could start as again, as an associate, reviewing some records, then creating records, then managing a team, 
if you do the software side, you might start in as a person helping write user or then next you know you're in charge of validation, then you're overseeing mm-hmm. old deployments and then from a site then you can go global software deployments. Okay. All right. What would you say about your role is the most fulfilling? Makes you want to keep coming back the next day. Yeah. Like when I sat down next to a gentleman on the plane, he's like, oh, because of your medication, I'll live to see a ripe old age. So that's pretty much keeps me going. And knowing that the medications that we work on actually touch lives. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, I develop the next fidget spinner or I develop the next app that ages you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one thing about being in this particular industry. I mean, every industry has their contribution to society. We couldn't get along without our computer systems or whatever, but the underlying role that you're contributing to the common good on a very personal level, uh, that's what does it for me as well, knowing that someone is going to benefit if they are ill, even if they had a headache, in some small way from what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, it gives you a different onus to your work. If you were thinking about where you would like you would like to take your career, what does that look like for you? That's interesting because after this, I've pretty much rounded out all the different bases from growing up in a laboratory, then setting up everything. So maybe jump into another startup. Uh-huh. You know, not sure. Do you have a preference for uh, large companies or small companies? Not particularly. If you want to develop and really create your own system and really apply your knowledge once you're a seasoned veteran. Startup mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a lot faster pace. There's zero bureaucracy pretty much. But you also, at the same time, you have almost no support as far as going say, hey, I need a technical expert on this. Because you are the technical mm-hmm. expert. If you want to sharpen your tools and see how, I guess you can say all the gears and cogs are working, definitely a big company. Because all the processes are already set up for you You'll learn and you'll also learn how to optimize. And then later you can switch over to a startup or consulting if you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you've got a good level of experience where you've been rounded out, startups are great because you get to use everything there. But if you're just starting out and you know you just graduated from school maybe two years ago, you really need to stay in a larger environment. Correct. And do your foundation. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I see or hear a lot when I'm speaking to candidates that have, you know, got experience. They're ready to make that change and get out there and use everything because you can be siloed in a larger organization because there are so many people. Everybody's doing one particular area of expertise. Exactly. You have just, as you mentioned, areas of expertise. This is what you're good at. This is what you're doing versus a startup. Okay. I need you to be pretty solid at everything and I need you to be an expert. Yeah, yeah. Startups are a good place to learn too, because even if you don't have the expertise, it's a place where you might actually be able to just get it because somebody's got to do it and you raise your hand. So um, it's good for that experience, you know, from that perspective as well. Well, Merrick, it looks like we are just about out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us about your position and the industry itself. I think that the listeners will get a better sense of what goes on behind the doors of pharma or biotech and what goes into making a product from listening to you. 
Yeah, hopefully someone out there gets a little spark and says, you know, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. We always need more people in every department. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. Absolutely. I'll be glad to be back anytime. All right. Thank you so much, Merrick. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So glad you joined us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like us because your ratings matter. We'll be bringing you new podcasts every two weeks on the first and third Wednesdays. My goal is to help you, my valued listeners in your job search, and continue to help you right on through your work life. To make that happen, though, your support is needed. By listening regularly, we can keep this going. But you can also help by sharing the podcast with your network of friends, family, and coworkers. Ask them to listen. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Not so podcast savvy? Tell them they can go to listen on our website at www.insiderscareerclub.com. I appreciate your support. Stay safe and take care.